In today's interview, I speak with the founder of a business that grew to almost $100 million. He left that business to start a brand new men's skincare line, and he shares the most important tactics and strategies to use during the pre-launch phase that will prepare you for a very successful launch. Welcome to another episode of the Harvest Growth Podcast, focused on helping consumer product companies, inventors, and entrepreneurs harvest the growth potential of their product businesses by teaching cutting-edge marketing strategies and interviewing successful marketers, as well as product marketing experts that share their stories to inspire you to achieve hyper-growth for your own business. I'm your host, John LeClaire, founder and CEO of Harvest Growth, and I believe that if you want to make your product the next household name, you just need to follow the right plan and that even the best products struggle to succeed when they step away from proven strategies that work. If you'd like to learn more about what we call the perfect launch process for marketing products, check out harvestgrowth.com. And if you still have questions on how you can implement this process for your business, you'll see a link on our homepage to set up a free consultation with one of our product launch specialists. Today, I'm excited to have on the Harvest Growth Podcast, Rish Sharma. He's the CEO and founder of Malama. You can check out their line of beauty products at malama.com. He's got a fascinating story that we're going to dive into as we get into the details. But Rish, I'd love for you to give us your background and tell us a little about your story and, 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 your, and your product line. Who, you know, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my entrepreneur journey actually started when I was a kid. Um, so as a kid, um, my father, um, is also, was also been a, was a serial entrepreneur. So I'd always stumble into the office. Um, uh, my mom eventually worked into the office. So that was essentially my daycare was growing up in the business. So, um, just, you know, learning, trying different things. And then I eventually went off and started with my friend, uh, in an entertainment company where we used to just go DJ various parties and everything else. And I did that through college. And then, um, I decided, you know, I want to go into um, politics. And then, you know, I did some political advocacy for various campaigns, um, both national, state, and local. And then um, after I graduated college, um, I decided, you know, I actually don't want to pursue a full career in politics. It wasn't kind of that area that I wanted to pursue. And so I've decided to kind of go and... Um, my dad was in the process of starting a brand new business and um, kind of joined, joined the business with him. And we kind of co-founded that together, uh, which was QC. Um, and we helped to grow that to um, roughly close to nine figures, just under nine figures, but eight, in an eight-figure business. We grew that uh, throughout, the, throughout the United States, global, international. I headed up all the uh, product, uh, direct-to-consumer markets and international markets. Um, and so that's that group to that point. And then roughly about 18 months ago, maybe 20 months ago now, uh, I decided I kind of wanted to do something, uh, new again. I wanted to be at this, the ground floor, um, and start something brand new. And so that's where Malama came from a personal problem I had. Um, and just understanding the category, I think, uh, the category generally has been crowded with a lot of products geared towards, um, a particular type of consumer, primarily female, is whom they're going for. Um, and that really has alienated a lot of men to the category. Um, 
And it also made it very unapproachable. I think the common thing I heard when I was talking to my friends about it, when I was discussing the idea, is you just go in there and you just feel so overwhelmed about everybody pitching you different things and uh, understanding what, what is for, what order to use them, or uh, what ingredients to look for. And it just, it just became something I was just like, there's got to be an easier way to do this, whether to do this and, and do it in a way that um, people learn along the way. So they're educated um, and move to a new way. So uh, I think that comes from also my technology background with uh, QC and uh, or when you search or you look for like a TV or uh, something for your home, you're generally like looking for specs and features on that particular thing. And there's a comparison point. But often when these, a lot of these CPG products, like you don't, you don't know what those specs and things you should be looking for in comparison. And so that's kind of what we're looking to do. We want to educate consumers along the way and then allow them to measure our products against our competitors and also shop against our products. Uh, and so try to develop that learned behavior that then they can take into their life and kind of spread. So that's a short summary and kind of what we're looking to do and everything. Yeah. I love it how you, you found this opportunity out there. And I think you're exactly right. A couple of things you mentioned, obviously men's skincare is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to find the right products that we're not marketed to as often or as, yeah. as probably as well in general. Um, and so okay. that's, that's an opportunity. And I love, I love how you brought in or introduced the technology world to skincare. Cause you're exactly right. I mean, yeah. it gets so confusing. Like you go to the store or even on different websites and try to find skincare options or any kind of beauty product. You know, we, we market a lot of women's beauty products as well. So I'm very familiar with both sides of this category, right? Yeah. So men's and women's and man, it's just, it's hard to distinguish yourself. Everything sounds the same. Everyone's the best at something, but to really compare those specs, that's, that's really an interesting approach. So what type of specs are you guys including in your marketing messaging or in your website to compare to other beauty products? Yeah. So right now, uh, you know, ingredients is obviously the biggest thing. Um, we're also looking to compare on our sustainability. Um, so that's a big portion of our vision uh, of our business and our mission. Um, and so, you know, everything from our formulations of being all natural, uh, you know, vegan cruelty free formulas to how we package the product to our carbon neutral shipping. Like we made sure to take that full approach towards sustainability. And so that's one key differentiator we need to do. And I think you're also seeing it in a total other category. Um, if you look into actually, uh, there's a big movement in stocks right now, which is ES- ESGs and kind of evaluating the, the sustainability factor. And I think a, that is just going to become a much larger portion of, uh, of how people judge products generally. I think you see a lot of these companies, whether it's PepsiCo in the CPG space, putting a significant amount of money in sustainability and adding to that. I think it's going to become a spec that a lot of people are going to compare products against. And so that's an area where we're doing it. Um, and then, we also break down um, uh, the, the ingredients, how to use the product, and then um, we actually color code each of our products based on the type of product they are and number them accordingly to make it easy. So uh, we've taken an approach. And then on top of that, uh, we've actually created an Alexa skill that walks the customer step-by-step step through, through the routine too with instructions and tracking um, you know, various things like exfoliation. So you're doing the proper amount of exfoliation. You're keeping yourself accountable. Um, you know, we have options, whether it's 
you, you're just running out the door and you need to do something quick to something that's a more complete routine. So uh, we try to make it as easy for the consumer as possible. I love that because A, you know, everybody learns in different ways, right? Some people are auditory learners and, you know, videos aren't great for them, but also B, you know, if you, if you compare to other beauty products and how they teach you, it's either on the package in tiny little print that you're never going to be able to yeah. read, especially in the morning or you know, take glasses off or contacts out when you're putting on, you know, applying beauty products of some sort. It's just hard to follow. Or you've got a website where you have these instructions, but that's not in the bathroom with you when you're getting ready in the morning or, you know, getting exactly night. So love that. I love that. Alexa yeah. skill idea yeah i mean that was the whole purpose so you hit it right on point because like even if you have like your mobile phone or an ipad or something that you're printing into there like or you have the instructions in front of you go, the ta- trying to go back and forth between reading and then applying at the same time is such a cumbersome process or watching a video um and then referring to make sure you're doing it but if you if you're listening to it you can multitask right you can continually um, hear what they're saying, do it appropriately, and then apply the results appropriately. So it's just a better experience. Very cool. Great, great concept. So let's talk about how you develop this line of products. It, it sounds to me, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you started with the, the concept, the positioning you wanted, and then crafted skincare products around that. Is that correct? So I had the problem first myself personally, yep. and then, um, from that, I was uh, already having a desire and wanted to start something new. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of fatigued out of working in um, homes like smart home security, smart home category. I was looking for something new as an opportunity, and so um, yeah, it, it was just like you said. It was just like I found found something that was a problem, and I wanted to solve it, and then I wanted to solve it in a unique way because as as you mentioned it's a very crowded market so you have to figure out what is a unique market that's going to resonate to to an audience that uh, i can relate to and also an audience that there's a large enough tam to attack as well the business and then i don't believe you have a background in chemical engineering to create these products so how did you how did you actually create the products yeah so uh First thing I did was try a bunch of products. So I tried like, uh, you know, men's products, women's products, significant numbers of products. I just wanted to understand kind of like, like you said, like, is there anything that's clearly a differentiator among products or the ingredients are differentiator? I wanted to just kind of understand that. Um, and then from that process, I then approached various labs um, that are out there that kind of what, what, what formulas that they have and kind of take it off that. And then uh, in combination with that, I did a lot of just, I guess, uh, hacking together knowledge in regards to um, dermatology, skincare, started to read scientific papers on it just to understand kind of why particular ingredients were getting benefits than others. Um, And then kind of summarizing of all of that, I worked with the labs to come together with some knowledge and put together certain formulas that I, I liked and I thought were effective and had some of my friends also try them um, with various skin types. That was a big thing for me. I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just tailored to a particular skin type. And uh, yeah, and then we come, kind of finalized on a set of formulas that were good on uh, all skin types and, um, you know, got results in a relatively quick period of time. And, um, you know, everybody 
got amazing results. Uh, you know, that's, that's the best thing is like now, now, like as we've started to kind of seed some of our product to some, some influencers and whatnot for them to try. And um, some of the influencers are trying it on their fathers or, or their husbands or whatever. And like, they're like, so impressed by the products and they're like excited for the products. And like the women themselves now are trying to steal the products that they're, that they, that they're were trying on their father or whatnot. And so it's just a really exciting period of time to, to, to see that the work that we did for 18 to 20 months is now paying off. So. I, so I want to talk a little bit about the manufacturing side, because I think so often inventors or entrepreneurs out there come up with ideas and they feel like they're stuck, right? Because they may not have a background like you did. Yeah. Right? You're not, you, know, you don't own a lab or didn't at the time and be able to develop in-house from scratch. But there are so many great resources out there of other, yeah. whether it's a factory, a lab, a manufacturer of some sort, and they're not marketers, right? They don't, they don't know how to yeah. bring products to market. It's not what they do, but they are the experts experts in the engineering side. So they're not the idea people oftentimes as well. So they're not coming up with these creative solutions. So they're looking for people like you, for, you know, like us yeah. to, to bring those to them and they can work with you and they can be those experts to, if you bring the problem like you did, they can help yeah. you craft a solution that'll work and then just go back and forth and testing. It can be very, very much an iterative process of, of back and forth to find those right partners in these early days. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be, and we actually went through several different labs. So I, I actually, uh, it's good you mentioned that. So sourcing is something, regardless of whether you're doing it domestically, which we we decided to do, or you do it overseas, um, sourcing and finding the right partner um, is such a big thing. It's it's a marriage that you're. It's the biggest marriage you're making up front. Um, you know, there's a lot of capital that you're spending um, when you start a business, regardless. But um, but there's nothing more than the human capital, like human trust capital with somebody that you have to trust to make the product when you can't make it, you're, you're not making it yourself. Um, and so uh, finding the right partner there, sourcing, vetting, under, you know, right, asking the right questions. Um, you know, if you have people in your life that are dermatologists or whatever expertise in that category that you're approaching, making sure you're getting the right questions that they would ask also is such a key point. So you make sure that you, are vetting these people appropriately uh, because you're trusting them with your reputation. And so you need to make sure that you are, are getting that right manufacturing partner. And no matter who you work with, or if, even if you have the expertise to do this on your own, you know, if you are an engineer, it's still going to take time. And I think yeah. what you've done is so smart where you've taken this 18 months to 20 months or so, it's going to take that time to develop the product. So You've done a great job, I think, of what I call pre-launch or the preparations for the launch. You're seeding that launch, and so often that gets missed. Yep. You know, you focus so much time and energy. I've got to get the product just perfect, and then when it's done, then I'll start thinking about marketing. Well, it takes time to prepare your marketing as well to do the market yep. research, to get the messaging nailed down, and to really seed the the market out there so they're ready for you for when you bring it to market. Can you talk a little bit about how did you, how did you do that? What did you do over the last eighteen months in preparation for this launch? Yeah, so um, once I decided, like I'm moving forward with this with the labs, um, which was about now twelve months ago, roughly about twelve months ago. Um, so for the first six months, uh, I was kind of part time working on this on the side, uh, and then about twelve months ago, and I said I'm going to go ahead and move forward. I went full time um, and started working on this. And uh, starting in roughly ten months ago, yeah, ten months ago now, um, we just I just started creating um, blogging about the topic. 
Um, and so, you know, on our website, we would just kind of talk about blog topics and whatnot, capture emails up front, um, and then, and, uh, you know, allow people to kind of read our content, kind of get more informed uh, about us and our brand and kind of learn about the category a bit more. Um, and then uh, we turned that into a newsletter that we started to do. So once we started to get our email list, we, we created a newsletter, which goes out every Friday, um, which is kind of just breaks down um, skincare, but also talks about various other topics that might be relevant to people uh, in, uh, in the, at the time. So, you know, we go over things in regards to style, fashion, mind, soul, body, fitness, uh, things that are happening, current events, like, you know, it's currently happened. Uh, and then like fun little tidbits. So like, products of the week, uh, you know, streaming guides now that we've been in, we've been in, uh, um, sheltering at home, um, you know, cocktail quarantine cocktails. Like we, we just try to play fun with it, um, and add value where we can for the weekend. So people have kind of things to read. And then, um, roughly in March, we launched the podcast, um, which, which was something we wanted to do is like, uh, in, in marketing terms, a top of funnel activity, that's like a brand brand thing, but also have great conversations with people, um, that are expertise in their various categories. So focusing on wellness, business, entrepreneurship, uh, skincare, but just to have conversation with people that are really making differences. So we've had, um, you know, people that are specialized in mental health to talk about, you know, with everything kind of going on over the last several months, uh, understanding mental health, how to build, a, how to build positive habits and routines. Uh, we've had, you know, the head uh, or former head of DTC for VaynerMedia. Uh, so if anybody knows Gary Vaynerchuk out there, uh, this Nick Sharma was the head of um, direct to consumer for them and helped to build that out. And then now has spun out uh, to create his own shop. Uh, where he invests in other direct-to-consumer brands. So kind of how his approach towards looking at businesses, investments, everything. Uh, so just taking on various topics and kind of creating a bigger brand and awareness for just self-improvement generally and self-care generally, which is what we stand for. We stand for self-care uh, for yourself, for the planet, uh, for your mind, for your body, for your soul, um, and, you know, accepting that along the way. And so as many brand activations and value we can provide along that way, whether it be indirect or direct information uh, about skincare or the brand we we're trying to do. So. Love it. And what is that podcast for our listeners? So they can go check it out. Yeah. So it's called Malama, Malama presents take care. So yeah, right now we we're up to seven episodes released once every two weeks on Wednesdays. Um, the next episode will be dropping next week. So, Got it. Yeah, I encourage everyone to check that out for sure. And I do want to mention too, you've been kind enough to offer a, a promo code for our listeners to save 10%. If you go to malama.com, M-A-L-L-A-M-A.com and use promo mm-hmm. code WELCOME10, WELCOME, the number one, zero, 10. So WELCOME10, you get 10% off of your order. So Rish, thank you for offering that. Is there anything that I haven't asked that you think would be helpful for our audience? I wouldn't say something you haven't asked, but I think, I think one thing I would advise everybody to look at um, in terms of marketing channels, because I think I'm assuming most of your audience is, you know, ask, wants marketing information. I think the three biggest things you can do right now in regards to marketing is I think one that we're both doing right now, which is podcasts. Um, if you look at just the category overall, 
Um, it's so, there's so much more arbitrage you can have in podcasts, whether it's for a brand or personal brand, um, on whatever your category is that I, I just seen so much potential in that particular category of audio. The next thing is, I think, um, you know, what, uh, is tools, tools generally. So building digital experiences or tools for consumers uh, especially when brick and mortar right now and in-person experiences are going to be quite limited with us, uh, with this current COVID situation. Um, so people are going to look to online more. So if you can, the more you can invest in online experiences uh, or tools, uh, we did with an Alexa scale, but every category has their own other thing. I think that's a marketing arbitrage and a brand value item that you can really build on. Um, and then third, I think, SMS marketing, if done in the right way, um, is is a tremendous thing. The open rates there are phenomenal. So uh, those are the three like marketing takeaways and tips I would give people to kind of try right now. I love it. I couldn't agree more. I think you've got to always be at the forefront of marketing. It changes on a dime and you've got to be ready for yeah. that next opportunity. As, as rates go up in one marketing channel and your ROIs go down, be ready to pivot to other channels and really take advantage of ways yeah. to get out there. And especially when you're at the forefront, um, it's really an opportunity to, to drastically improve your overall ROIs for your business. Yep. Well, Rich, thank you so much. I really appreciate taking the time and I think our audience is going to love this as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your valuable insights and for taking the time to share your story. Our audience of inventors, entrepreneurs, and product marketers will benefit greatly from what you've taught us today. For the listeners, go to their website to learn more. Also, be sure to check out harvestgrowthpodcast.com to see other episodes that we have recorded. And if you like this episode and you want to learn more about how you can profitably grow your consumer product business, please subscribe to our show and leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. 